Welcome to another episode of the Fit Dad Club podcast here with Travis Jones and Jason Barrett. Jace, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Feeling fresh in white, uh, as we both are today, actually. Yeah, yeah. Accidentally twinning. White t-shirt. Who would have thought? No, that's what you do these days. You buy shirts for $2 from uh, Big W. That's what I do anyway, because yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> this one's Calvin Klein. It was a gift, though, so yeah. <laughs> um, Fancy boy. Fancy, you're fancy. I'm just yeah. not fancy. Um, today, guys, thanks for tuning in. We're going to talk about some frequently asked questions from our coaching clients um, when they first sort of come on board or as they're going through the program that they ask. Um, and if they're getting asked from some of our clients coming on board, they're probably going through your mind as well. So we want to overcome some of them over the next period of time on this podcast today. But don't forget, you can also ask us questions for us to do podcasts on. So hit us up on YouTube or podcasts on the Facebook group or wherever you want to find us. Um, ask some questions and we'll do some research and make sure we do a great podcast for you. Today, we're going to talk about meal timing, calorie cycling, energy management, um, some gratitude, essentially, like people just feeling like a little bit negative headspace. Um, in the Southern Hemisphere, it is winter. It does happen sometimes. Um, and also following random advice on the internet and just finding the time to train. So <laughs> that's what we're going to sort of it's cover today, guys. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but strap in, okay? Actually click your seatbelt in. I don't care if you're in a car or if you're at home, put a seatbelt on. It's mm. safety when you're getting lots of information. We're going to start off with, guys. Yeah, a lot of mental whiplash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get your airbag sorted. Um, we're going to talk to first off about meal timing. And, and meal timing comes across a lot. Now, one is like meal timing as far as optimal um, protein synthesis to gain lean muscle mass. That's one side of things. But then there's the whole other side of things as far as meal timing. So you don't get home and eat seven tubs of like Doritos or seven packets of Doritos and a tub of Ben and Jerry's because you just screwed up your meal timing all day. So you come home hungry and angry and you're hangry around the house and you just don't follow your diet. So Jace, give me your thoughts, meal timing. What you got for me? Well, I mean, from a optimization standpoint, it's something that I'm looking at uh, a lot at the moment because my goal is to gain lean mass. And when I'm in such a minor calorie deficit, I'm not trying to gain too much body fat at the moment. So my goal is to uh, minimize that. So that means I want to optimize as much as I can, which means for me, roughly four meals a day, roughly three to four hours apart with roughly 30 to 40 grams of protein in them. Like mm. that's that to be honest for majority 99% of people that's enough that's that's the structure that you if you want to optimize muscle protein synthesis yeah roughly 3 to 4 hours apart roughly 30 to 40 grams of protein 3 to 4 meals a day that's roughly it um ideally four that's so that's what i focus on and i recommend hey look if you enjoy that style or if you have the capacity to do that awesome but there are a lot of guys that are busy and there are a lot of guys that are at work that are doing shit that are you know on site they don't have the ability to pack four different meals with them as they go and you know oh, i've got my different my four different tupperware containers with me with meal number one meal number two meal number three like it's it's a bit over the top for some people their schedule works better having a um i spoke to a client yesterday who has uh his doctor prescribed him one meal a day because he had some um pancreatitis so it's like less less food going through basically but he's like i'm really enjoying it i really like it is it is, is that bad i was like no absolutely no issue with it like whether you want to do three to four meals a day especially during fat loss or whether you want to do one meal a day like the best meal timing and meal frequency is going to come from what you can stick to best what suits yeah. your lifestyle for a, there was a long period of time there especially when i'm in a deficit I will go skip breakfast, right? Do um, the 16 and eight intermittent fasting where you eat from 12 to eight, roughly. That's it. 
And that works really well for me because then I don't have to think about food until lunchtime. I'm not worried about it. I'm not trying to get up and get something. I'm just like, cool, all right, I don't need till lunch. And then I can figure what I, out what I want at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock and then I can eat it then. It's not, and it just mentally is, it works well for me. So I like it. Um, the thing I've been recommending to a lot of clients is because I've had a lot of guys who will go, they'll get home from work. Usually it's like a physically active job. They might get home, especially if it's a trade, like three or four in the afternoon and they'll just fucking snack. And it's, I, I, I mean, they don't think it's a binge, but it's basically a binge. It's a snack binge where you're just mm. walking up and down. Oh, God, I'm a bit hungry, but you know, dinner's going to be in like three hours. So it's like, oh, it's yeah. not really, I don't really want to have like a full meal. So I'm just going to walk around. As Travis said, have a fucking little, little mini packet of Doritos, ones we put in the kids' lunch boxes every now and then, or, oh, get some ice cream, just grab a, grab a tub and have a couple of spoonfuls and then it's gone. It's, that is where meal timing is really important from a, knowing yourself perspective yes. and knowing that if I am hungry, there are like, I was chatting to a client even today about this. It's come up a couple of times the last couple of days is you've got to know that when you are hungry, if you will be the kind of person who would lean towards a binge or would lean yeah. towards just, I don't want to escape that hungry feeling. And that's what yeah, guys I was speaking to today, just before the call was like, Oh, um, I, you know, I, I really, really want to, um, I've tried intermittent fasting and I did it. And then I got really hungry, ended up binging because I had such a small, um, so, cause I had nothing and I just binged at lunch. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what fucking happens. Some people it works for some people. They get so hungry. They just, they want to, um, we've talked about like toward motivation and the way from motivation before they're away from motivated. They want to get away from the feeling of hunger. So they'll do anything it takes to not feel hungry. And so as a result, they'll just eat whatever the first thing that's inside. They won't take the time to go, Hmm. You know, I wish to feel full and I want to feel full of good nourishing food. So I'm going to make myself something that will fill that void. They're like, oh, fuck, feel hungry, eat food. Like that's the, the mental thing that goes on. So if you find yourself in a position where you are binging from time to time or you get hungry and then you end up eating way too much, consider, do I need to involve a bigger meal? Do I need to change the meal timings or the meal frequency of, of when and what I'm eating in order to prevent that? That's That's what I've found. Mate, I, I completely agree. I think a lot of people that afternoon snack, if the lunch is too small, it is such a crucial part, right? Because, you know, if you're having lunch and it's like four or 500 calories and you have a physical job or not a physical job, I, I don't really care. Um, and your dinner's not to maybe 6.30 or 7, maybe go and eat after the kids go to sleep and it's at 7.30. Um, now, if you're not eating and you're at home, so you're not busy, not at work, but you're at home because you, you've knocked off, you're at home, you do go past, you look in the fridge like five or six times. Like it's just boredom-based eating. Uh, it's like, I'm hungry, but you're not really hungry. You're hungry because mentally you have nothing to do, right? And You look you at the just... fridge, then you lower your standards again, then you look again, yeah, exactly. then you lower your standards. <laughs> and then you finally, exactly, right? So it's like, you know, like, and it adds up, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like a packet of crisps and then you do grab a tub of yogurt and you're like, I'm trying to stay. And then your kids are eating their dinner. Oh, I'll just finish their dinner. And like it's added up to like seven, eight hundred, nine hundred calories really fast without realizing it. Or you try and push past it until you get to like super hungry, and then you hit this like you, you black out. It's like you're drunk. You've blacked out. You can't remember everything. You woke up and you're like, you just woke had a block of chocolate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you're like, the oh my gosh. You. you don't know why. Yeah, exactly. So I think in saying that you can go, well, I might try something next week and see if it works. I'm going to try it and make this Sunday a 450 calorie pasta bake um, for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday afternoons. And you sit down when you get home and you literally have a pasta bake for at like five o'clock at night. You're like, oh, I'm only eating at like 6.30. But you have that at five o'clock 
your dinner might be only happening to be five, like five, 600 calories because of that. And you've had like a 600 calorie lunch. You've had a 400, 500 calorie snack in the afternoon. And then a couple of hours later, you had like a five, 600 calorie meal as well. You're still hitting your calories if you're doing that intermittent fasting approach and you've done it fantastically. Or you could shave a hundred calories off your dinner and a hundred calories off your lunch. And if you are, you go two, 300 calorie breakfast, your 400 calorie lunch, you get a 400 calorie like snack, but we were not even calling it snack. It's a meal right in the afternoon when you get home and then you have another meal before you go to sleep and again you're still hitting your calorie deficit and you're not hungry anymore so i think the problem is like everyone thinks that there is a single solution Mm -hmm. like but there's not a single solution there's your solution i think that's the biggest thing like you can't follow someone on tiktok who doesn't have the same lifestyle as you and follow their eat what I eat in a day shit, right? It yeah. just doesn't work like that. Um, yeah. So I think you have to create your own what I eat in a day that works for you. And I think that's the, the missing link. There is no one size fits all for meal timing. There's what's most optimal for muscle gain. But at the end of the day, if you're listening to this podcast, yeah, you want to put a little bit of muscle mass. You want to drop some fat. You want to get really healthy, but you aren't focusing on 2.8 grams of leucine every four hours to make sure that your protein synthesis is on point. Speak for yourself, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it it, it doesn't matter that much. Exactly. Yeah. For for most people's goals. But um, I want to bring up a point around that that snacking mentality because I would say, if I cut out my snacks, I would no longer be in a calorie surplus with mm. the amount of snacking. Like I've figured out my way because I've worked from home. It's like you walk past the fridge, there's a little bit of chocolate, there's a little bit of thing. Oh yeah, grab a fucking five or one bar. You know, these are the snacks that I have laying around. Um, but I would say I have like probably four, I would say like two 600 calorie meals, two 500 calorie meals. So we're looking at about 2,200 calories there. And then 300, at least 300 calories to 400 calories a day will come from just fucking grazing random snacks. And I've accepted that about myself is that I enjoy that part and I'm okay with having smaller meals if it means I have those extra snacks. But I also know that it has, it can have a negative impact on, um, on your body's sort of meal uh, and hunger frequencies that it will bring up because it, it your body expects what you train it to expect from you. So if you teach it that we don't eat in the morning, it's going to stop trying to tell give you hunger signals in the morning after about a week or two because it's like, fuck, I know I'm not getting food. I keep, you know, it's the baby's crying. Uh, wham, wham. Oh, mom and dad aren't coming in. Right, I'm just going to go to fucking sleep. Um, you know, I wish it worked that way, but yeah, ideally, <laughs> that's, that's a theory, right? But, um, but yeah, your, your body will react to the signals that you give it. So if you're giving it um, food all the time, number one, it's not really great for your, um, I'm saying this as someone who's doing it a little bit at the moment, you're not giving your body a break from digestion. You're not giving your blood sugar a break from being spiked. So that's where people tend to get diabetes from is they'll constantly spike their blood sugar and their insulin will spike as a result of that. And they're doing it so often and so high that their body essentially becomes um, resistant to insulin. And that's the issue that, you know, that's what type two diabetes is. It's insulin resistance to the nth degree where they can't clear blood sugar out and then all the other fucking issues that go on with that. So think about it in the capacity of what am I training my body to expect from me? And then it's like, you've got to operate to that plan. And then if shit hits the fan and you can't hit your meal timings, yeah, you're probably going to be pretty, pretty hungry, but it's just no, okay, cool. That feeling will pass. Like that acute hunger signal that you'll get, that will go away. Most people will feel really, really hungry and then they'll try and find something. They're on the way home. And then by the time they get home, they're actually not as hungry as they were, but they still eat as if they were that hungry because they remember that feeling half an hour ago, I felt that real tight hunger pain, but then it went away. 
Mm. But I'm still going to eat like I'm that hungry. But you're not. But, but also training will blunt hunger. So maybe yeah. you just need to go train. That's a, that's a great idea. Just go to the fucking gym. <laughs> go to the gym. Go to the fucking gym. Um, so with this, like, so either have a plan. That's mm. step one. Literally a plan. Because when we don't have a plan, that's when we default to really shit. We default mm. to the shit decisions, right? So you design the plan. Everything comes back to this design. You design the plan that you follow because then we meet the expectations that we set on ourselves. If we don't create expectations, then we have no expectations to meet and we fall off the plan and we overeat our calories. And it was like, we're just trying to track at a whim. So I think make a plan guys uh, that suits you. And if you're coaching, then talk to your coach about it and they should help you make a plan that suits you as well. The other thing, as you was just saying that then Jay says, I think, one other thing with meal timing is try and have your meals at similar times. Don't go, oh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm going to eat at 12, like three and nine. And then, you know, Tuesday and Thursdays, I'm going to have 8 a.m., um, 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Like, because then what you are doing is, um, it, it sucks if you're a night shift worker, guys. Like, so like, again, caveat, night shift worker um, and day shift where you've got like these schedules that operate on different swings. Like, it's hard. Like I get it. Yeah. Um, do what you, and can. you do what you can guys. Uh, but if you have a consistent schedule, then you should have consistent meal timings. And that even includes the weekend. If you're intermittent fasting, you just don't eat breakfast anymore. Cause if not, if you're eating all over the shop at all different timings, then our hunger hormone, essentially that pulses to tell us we're hungry is called ghrelin. And if we're eating all over the shop, all different times, it will continue to pulse all over the top, all over the shop. And you will always think you're hungry. Because your body doesn't understand when should I tell you you're hungry? And it will just tell you all the time. So if you don't eat breakfast for two weeks, you'll stop being hungry in the morning, right? It just, it is what it is. Like it, your body just starts to get into the routine. So please get consistent meal timings. Some people it's like, because I eat dinner at like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night when I get home. Um, some people are like, oh, I can't wait till then to eat dinner. I'm so hungry. It's like, yeah, because you've always had dinner at 6.00. If you just start having dinner at 7.30 for the next two or three weeks, you probably won't get hungry until then, right? You just won't. Um, or you'll design your meal plan so you don't get hungry until 7.30 p.m. Everything is just the designing format. So I think that's the biggest thing with meal timing, guys. Calorie cycling um, came to us in a question of not specifically like, how should I calorie cycle? Like we don't really get questions like that, but we do get questions like, how do I fit eating out and the social engagement I come up and still hit my calorie deficit? Where I feel like, again, because we talk to our guys a lot of the time about trying to hit your weekly calorie deficit. And I know we've talked a lot about this and not just trying to go into a social environment where you're trying to white knuckle it, right? Mm. Where you're like, I'm not going to have anything at all. And I'm going to stick to my plan. But you sort of carrot plan. stick and a glass yeah, of water. Literally. And, and you sit in the corner. Yeah. Um, like you want to enjoy your life. Like life is to be lived. Um, but you also want to have a plan around how you're going to do it. And that means, you know, if you're currently on maybe 1800 calories a day and you go, well, I've got this social engagement coming up. I'm probably going to have six beers, seven beers there. We know that's going to be like 120 calories a beer. Um, and how do I like not blow my week? So again, once you have a plan and you go into it, then the next couple of days, if you hit your plan, you don't completely go off the rails. Cause sometimes when people have a social engagement and they blow out without a plan, then they keep blowing out for like the next two days, sometimes the next two weeks, because they feel like they fell off their diet. They're falling off on, on a wagon. I don't know why wagons have anything to do with these things, but yeah. clearly you're off a wagon, you're, you're on a wagon. 
Um, so you should be pulling the wagon <laughs> yeah, exactly. or push it, burn some, yeah. push the wagon for some calories. Yeah. Um, so what we need to do is we do need to create a plan. So we go, okay, I'm going to have six beers. That's going to be like 750 calories. Let's just call it that. And then I'm trying to still hit 1800 calories instead of that, or maybe I can still try and hit that. Or for that day, I'm having 1800 calories a day. So I'm having, what's that? Like 12,600 calories a week, um, inside my calorie plan. I think that's about right. Um, oh, of man. my quick math. Um, so we can go, well, instead of having 1800 calories a day, I can go, I'm going to have 1600 calories a day, Monday through Thursday. So I'm saving calories every day until that Friday. And on that Friday, instead of having 1800, I saved 200, 200, 200, 200. And all of a sudden I can go up to 2,600 calories and I'm not going to gain weight because I, I'm not going to gain fat, sorry because my weekly calorie deficit is still on point. So you put your six beers in there. That was my 700. I can still have my food. I can still have my, enjoy my social environment. And I'm still going to be in my weekly calorie deficit because not, it's not a daily calorie deficit. That's not how fat loss works. It's a weekly calorie deficit. We have to stay under or within our budget of calories for the week. And that means we can calorie cycle so we can still have a social environment. And you might have two days like that. You can just bring it down slightly more during your weekdays. It's completely up to you. But again, you can talk to a coach about this or you can design it yourself and go, okay, well, this is what my week needs to look like. And or the same thing, some of my guys have calorie cycling every week. I, I just like a little bit more freedom on the weekends. Right. I just like on Friday nights, I like to go out with the missus on Saturdays. I like just have a bit more freedom. So I don't like to be hungry because they know they snack a little bit more. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, dude, let's have 2,200 calories or 2,400 calories every Friday, every Saturday. And the other days we'll just bring it down attached. We'll bring it down like a hundred calories a day, you know, essentially Sunday through Friday or Sunday through Thursday. And that allows you to have those extra calories. Cause again, there's so many ways to skin a cat guys. You don't have we're skinny cats now. You 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 don't have to have the one size fits all straight calorie approach. It works for some people. Some people need a little bit more freedom, and with a plan, it allows you to create freedom. Yeah, it's a lot of people. It will be that sort of weekday weekend dichotomy where um, the weekend is going to be a little bit more relaxed. And most people don't have a plan for the weekend at all. So if you know that you're the kind of person that tends to wing it or it, it can be spontaneous, it's like give yourself more of that wiggle room. But I mean, I was talking to a client again. It's like if in order for you to gain 500 grams of fat, you'd have to overeat by three and a half thousand calories, right? And even if you were to do that in one sitting, um, even though that's like the mathematical, you know, equivalent of half a kilo of fat, it's not all going to, your body's going to, you know, you're going to be getting the meat sweats. You're going to be fucking, uh, your body's going to be going into overdrive and trying to work out why the fuck you just stuffed it, did that many Big Macs into it. But, um, you know, it's, it's not even going to all go to it. So it takes for, for you to set yourself back 500 grams, right? In the scheme of things, it would take you three and a half thousand calories of overeating, which one weekend is not going to do, right? Unless you've really YOLO'd it. Um, but if you give yourself that extra wiggle room, you can know you're still on track. And above and beyond that, there's there's the idea of calorie cycling for performance as well, and for um, and for like just consistent ways of getting an extra deficit, um, which is the next point that we want to make too. So when it comes to your calorie cycling for you know social situations you've got that one for the weekend but then you've also got calorie cycling as a way of increasing your deficit so increasing your weekly deficit without actually changing every single day you might go let's say five days of the week um you're eating 1800 calories 
you keep them at 1800 calories and then you've got two days of the week where you might drop it down to like 1300. So you're dropping by an extra, um, you know, what's that an extra thousand calories a week, right? So, but instead of it being, and that might be, those might be the days that you do something like an intermittent fast or you do, um, you just trade one meal out for a protein shake, right? Maybe it's your lunchtime meal. So you have breakfast, you have a protein shake at lunch and then you have dinner and then that's your 1300 calories for the day. That will still increase as, as Trav was saying, it'll increase your overall weekly deficit to the point where you'll still continue to lose weight. But most of your days haven't really changed from a daily like meal plan calorie structure perspective, which is, yeah, for some people mentally, they can be like, you know what? I can just fucking tough it out for a day or two. And some people you might even do a whole day fast, right? Um, in the middle there, cut out 1800 calories completely or just do dinner. We've talked about doing that before. Um, those are all different ways of calorie cycling. There are some people that will do it for, um, I was talking to a client about doing it for performance because he's on two two low days a week and then um, he's got five higher days. And he's like, oh, should I not train on the low days um, because of my energy? And I was like, well, it really depends because you could use one of those high days as almost like a fueling day and then train on the low day. Training on the low day may um, curb your appetite and curb your hunger as well. So you've got, there's so many different considerations about how you could use calorie cycling, but that's the method of using it to increase your deficit, to increase your progress, as opposed to just from a, a, a social or like lifestyle perspective. And again, guys, it, the, this is all different tools, right? Mm. In your tool belt to transform your life. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So what we're trying to do is trying to give you other tools that you can deploy when needed to make sure you can still meet your calorie deficit or increase your calorie deficit to break through a plateau. Um, now the next thing is energy management. They're like, Oh, like some of my guys will, will tell me, Oh, I'm like, I'm tired. And I think, um, one, I think you're a parent, come on. Yeah. You're, you're a parent. <laughs> um, but I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing? Um, to make you not tired? <laughs> that's, that's the first question I'm, I normally ask. It's like, um, what are you doing to make you not tired? But also I think like tired's a bit of a state of mind. I think sometimes, um, if we constantly tell ourselves we're tired, like how many times have you like you looked at your partner's like, oh, I'm so tired. And all of a sudden you start talking yourself into being tired, right? It's like me and Liv had a, a, a running joke when the boys were young, especially thin. It's like, we weren't allowed to say I'm tired anymore. It's like, whenever you felt tired, you have to, you had to say, I'm awake and feeling great. Right. <laughs> it's like, we say the exact opposite. I love it. Right. I, love it. Um, I was like, cause like, and the same was like, you know, we ban things and we ban the kids saying I'm bored. Right. It's like, uh, you're not bored. You just need to find something to do. Like you just need to find some creativity. It's like, dude, when we were kids, we used to lay on the ground and try and make shapes with clouds. Like shit, you don't know what bored is. Um, so <laughs> don't you dare tell me you're bored. Um, so I, I think, we talk ourselves into being tired sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Being tired sometimes is a legitimate thing or having lower energy. And that's when it goes into, okay, well, now what are you doing for energy? I Do you have a nighttime curfew? No, create a nighttime curfew. I go to bed at this time. It's like, I'm not a kid. I was like, well, maybe you need to be treated like a kid so you have higher energy. Um, like Your kids it, wake up in the morning and bounce around the fucking wall. Exactly. Don't you want to be like that? Exactly. So I was like, maybe create a nighttime curfew. But it's not even creating a nighttime curfew for your bed. You need to create a nighttime curfew for your digital devices. Mm. So you have a digital curfew. Like this, like at 8 o'clock, I turn off my like laptop and don't look at my phone again. Like you'll be surprised how much better you sleep from like not looking at your phone 
uh, like from eight o'clock onwards, right? And even if you want to go one step further, turn off your TV, but you know, I'm going to stick in the real world right now. Um, and yeah, just say all, uh, David Goggins, uh, <laughs> exactly. Andrew Huberman. and just going to stretch for three hours every night. So yeah. like, instead, like just at least turn off your devices. Okay. From eight o'clock every night. One, you don't have that blue light going straight into your eyes. It's not suppressing melatonin, so you can, can get that deep sleep. So, Because that's what happened. If we're constantly looking at it, we're not going to be able to get to sleep and get into that deep sleep. We want to try and get to sleep before 10 o'clock. It takes the average person about 16 minutes to fall asleep. So, like, you always work back your hours. You know, the, a great morning starts the night before, and that's why I'm talking about the night before. I want to have a great morning routine. Okay, have a great nighttime routine, and then you'll have a great morning routine. You can't have one without the other. So. If I want to wake up at five, I need to be asleep by 10 at the latest. If I want to wake up at four, okay, I'm up at nine. I'm, I'm asleep at nine, right? So you just always work back seven hours as a minimum. You know, it works for a lot of people. Um, some people can, like very small percentage of people can deal with a bit less. Some people need a little bit more, um, but you're a parent. So let's just go for seven. Um, <laughs> it's, um, there's actually a bit of a, I think research has shown recently, as far as training intensity and workout goes, that there's a bit of a nocebo effect with, if you're told you are tired and if you think you are tired over and over again, it, it has an impact on performance. Um, or it, it has a mental impact, but your performance actually isn't any worse. Um, I can't remember, I need, I need to go back and look through, but these, um, like, cause I wear a aura ring, right? Which is a mm. heart rate sleep tracking ring. Essentially the, the main reason I got it was to track my level of sleep and it every morning gives me a score for my readiness, how ready I am for the day. And then it gives me an activity target and it tracks my sleep and tells me how good my sleep was. Um, if it was, or wasn't good. I sleep pretty fucking well, even though we're still getting up at least once, maybe twice a night. I still help change the nappies, do all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, still, still pretty good. When I see it's like, yeah, you're super ready. You're awesome. Good to go. I'll just go, fuck yeah, I am. I'm going to smash shit out of it today. Whenever it gives me a low score, unless it's something I can like physically feel, because there's times where it's, I've woken up and it's like, oh, your readiness is like, okay. You're not doing that good. If I don't feel that, I'm just going to be like, nah, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Like, so take, like, especially with things like this, a lot of people are getting like the, there's like the whoop, uh, there's a bunch of other fitness trackers and sleep trackers and stuff like that. It's like, go based off how you, how you, you know, if you've got some data to back it up, then follow through with that, but never buy into any of the bullshit of like, oh, you, you are tired or you must not have slept really well or whatever. It's like, eh, you know what, here's what it is. I'm not feeling good. I don't, yeah. don't believe this shit anymore. Dude, like, like the Garmin tells me, it's like your body battery, like it goes down yeah. through the day and each night you sleep, it goes back up. And like when I wake up and it's like out of a hundred, it's like your body battery is like 10 when I wake up in the morning. It's like, I'll show you Garmin, my body battery. Yeah, I like exactly. try, it's like my away motivation. It's like, I'll show you how much I can do in a day. Yeah, um, exactly. My 10. battery is bigger than everyone else's fucking batteries. <laughs> combined yeah, exactly 10% of a million is huge. <laughs> exactly no, um, it's um yeah the the whole idea of of you know energy it's like it's not just going to come from sleep but sleep is a big one that people need to optimize like if you're over caffeinating yourself um drinking caffeine anywhere sort of past mid uh midday one o'clock that's going to affect your sleep too um i used to go for walks with my wife right we used to go for a walk we used to go to like the shop sometimes like mid-morning um after breakfast and then for some reason, about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, we would both start just getting like dropping energy. Be like, fuck, maybe we need like a third coffee, honestly. And we just kept forgetting that food is also energy. And I was like, no, 
I just had a really because I was like shredding at the time. I was like, oh, we, I just had a really small because I'd get real fucking crabby with her when we were. This is like in the early days of the relationship. It wasn't very smart, but we'd go walking around shops and she'd want to go into Kmart or Target, and I'm like, oh, that's a fucking recipe for disaster. I'm in here for at least ninety minutes. Um, <laughs> I don't recommend it. But I was starting to get real tired and annoyed. I was like, fuck, maybe I need a coffee. I was like, no, I just haven't eaten in like four hours. I'm hungry. I need like I hadn't had the hunger signals yet, but my body was lacking energy and needed food. So I was like, okay, remembering that it's not coffee's not energy, food is energy. Coffee just suppresses sleepiness. Mm. That's all it does. It doesn't give you energy. It just makes you feel not as tired. But um, understanding, yeah, food is also energy. So if you need more energy, you might need to look at well, where am I having higher, um, you know, more calorie dense meals that are digesting maybe slower and giving me a bit more long-term energy and where do i need quick bursts of energy and this is why we talk about things like um, pre and post-workout meals um, to give you better energy for your workouts you need to have a little bit of food in your system maybe something that has a little bit more simple sugars and simple carbs that are you know absorbed and processed and digested quickly as opposed to something big and heavy and slow with a lot of fats in it that's going to take a while to digest you want quickly available energy to give you you know the momentum and the energy and the push to go to the gym and same thing for the recovery so just be aware of well what is the it, it's a kind of a higher level thing but what is the composition of my meals at what times um like i was chatting to a client the other day he's like i can't even hit my calorie goal i was like why not he's like i had uh egg omelet uh, like two eggs and like four egg white omelet in the morning on two pieces of toast he's like by 2 p.m i was still fucking full I was like eggs, eggs and omelets and scrambled eggs and those kind of things are definitely meals that can fill you up for a hell of a long time. So if I ever need like a long, if I'm ever going to the gym in the morning, I never have eggs because I'm just going to feel bloated and full. Um, but if I've got a day where I've, I'm going to be really busy, maybe I'm not going to get anything in till like, you know, midday, one o'clock, I'm going to have eggs in the morning because that shit, the, the fat's going to slow digestion. Um, the protein is going to help you feel full as well. It, and just, it just takes a while to get through, but it's big enough and bulky enough that it tends to really, really work. So just consider the composition of your meals and when you're having them as well, as far as energy, because you might just need some food. It's very true, dude. I think, you know, it's looking at the day cycle. So if we are, again, we are talking about before, it's like, when am I going to sleep? What's my wind down routine? What was my dinner like? Am I like, you know, you can increase your carbs a little bit at nighttime. It does help you go to sleep. Have, have I got blue blocker glasses to block out if you want um, the blue light? It's working way, way back down through the day. So like, it's like, take, take a thousand foot view <coughs> on your day and just look over your day. Where is my energy slumps? Okay, well, am I feeling tired in summer workout? Well, again, like, it's nothing. If we wanted like some simple sugars and something to digest, like have a small packet of Skittles. Like, there's nothing wrong with a little mini pack of uh, little Alan mini Blurry, pack. something like that. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like if a small pack of Skittles are literally like sixty calories. Um, yeah. And again, come back down again. Like you said, like you know, no caffeine after like like I have one o'clock as my limit, like one p.m. You know, caffeine has a half life of I think about eight hours, so it's six to eight hours. So it's still in your system. Um, you know, six to eight PM at night, half of it. So if we're having like two hundred milligrams of caffeine, you still have that hundred milligrams in there six to eight hours later. So you can definitely be over caffeinated, and then you're tired and white at nighttime, and you can't get to sleep properly. You know, do I have that energy slump in the afternoon? And one, it could be like, well, what was my lunch like? Or can I go for a little walk? Because motion will create emotion. Okay, so 
and go, I always get tired about three o'clock. Well, okay, well, maybe you need to have a better lunch. Okay. If the carbs are making you tired, well, have a lighter lunch. If they aren't, let's like modify it for you. That's come fine. And it's like two o'clock, set an alarm. I'm going to go for a 10 minute walk. And he, you know, I can't do that. Yes, you can, right? It will make you more productive. If it's going to make you more productive, set an alarm and do it. And then you're more alert at your job. And that's something you can do. So I, it's like looking at your day across an equilibrium. It's like, when do I slump? Okay. If you're always slumping first thing in the morning and you can't get out of bed and you keep pressing snooze, it's something that's happening during your sleep or the night before. Mm. Okay. Or you're just really overweight and have a lack of energy because your body has carrying like 30, 40 kilos extra than what it should be, which means you just need to get your shit together and start moving forward. And energy will come as you start to lose that weight. If anyone, I talk to my guys, anyone who's lost the weight and like, Oh dude, I've got so much energy. I was like, yeah, man, go put a 30 K weight KG weight vest on, wear it for the next 24 hours and tell me how tired you are. Cause that's what your life was. Right. <laughs> Things like sleep apnea as well. My, um, yeah. my, my stepdad, he, um, he had a heart attack, ended up losing a hell of a lot of weight because, you know, you basically can't eat fat and salt and all other shit after that. And then um, and then as his diet started to rest- unrestrict, he started to put it all back on again and his sleep issues started again. He started getting sleep apnea again. Even, and, you know, now he has the full CPAP machine and everything like that. And it was like, so you know that losing the weight helps you with your sleep. It, like, even chronic sleep issues like that, it can help you with. And that is like infinitely improving the quality of your sleep and the the um the just the amount of rest that you get back from it. But to, so many people just don't see it like that. Man, I think one last thing on this, like one again, look at the slumps. Do something about half hour before that slump normally happens. Okay. So it's like I normally have a slump at two o'clock. Well don't do something at two. Like start doing something at one thirty, so you don't achieve that, have that slump at two. And I think the biggest thing you just said, Jace, earlier is like, it's not an under caffeination problem. Mm. Like you aren't under caffeinated and that's why you're tired. Like it just isn't the truth. Um, and don't have caffeine within the first hour of waking up. Like we just shouldn't have it in the first hour. So it's like push back your caffeine after the first hour of waking up at least. And um, that will also help. So look at where my slump is motion, food, at least half hour before that, there's going to be an issue with that. Um, if it's first thing in the morning, there's an issue with sleep and your nighttime routine. And like, have an actual strict curfew. This is the biggest thing I can say to everyone. Like, go to bed at 9.30, go to bed at 9 o'clock, go to bed at 10 o'clock. And they're like, oh, well, I only have time with my partner each night. Uh, like, yeah, well, you get to sleep with them, right? And you get the rest of your life with them. And if you go into sleep, at 9.30 and you only sit with them for half hour at night time, um, well, at least the next day, you're the best version of you rather than a really slow, unenergized version of you. Mm-hmm. It's like it'll be half hour of good time rather than the next 23 and a half hours of feeling like like ab- absolute shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, create quality time with them for that half an hour rather than just sitting watching TV, not actually with them anyway, because you could have done that by yourself. Um, so like have a strict curfew um, and that's what will cause it. And I think it's creating leverage over yourself because it's like, oh, but why Why am I doing this? Like you need to create leverage, like a constant top of mind, conscious awareness. It's like, I want to be the best version of me for my kids. I want to be the best version of me for my wife. I want to be the best version of me for myself. Um, and I saw someone comment on that our Facebook ad the other day. They're like, you know, it was about, you know, do it for your kids as well. They're like, oh, if you're doing it for your kids, you're not going to stick to it. It's like, dude, 
if you, <laughs> clearly you don't this have person kids, didn't have kids. So, you don't have so kids, so mate. You do not have kids. <laughs> it's it like, it has to be for yourself. It's like, new dude, like, as soon as you have kids, I was like, like we said, it's like, mate, you will die for your kids. There was like, like you see a car coming down the road and your kid is in the road, you will throw your kid off the road and literally die because you will die for your kids. Uh, like, so these guys are yeah. coming to us and, and a lot of guys are listening to this because they've hit that point where they're like, I realize my habits are, it's bigger than just me, right? When you, yes, you can do it for yourself. But when you start realizing, holy shit, this is bigger than just myself. Like I can eat fucking KFC and sit on the couch and watch TV if it's just affecting me. Cause then it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not impacting anyone else. But when you're passing that shit onto your children, you're like, fuck, this is the life that they're going to be living. It, it, it's a wake up call. There's absolutely no way that, just focusing on yourself is any more of a motivator, but then realizing your kids is like 10 times that it's realizing like I'm showing them how to live. What am I showing them? Dude, because I think like that, right? Like if you're currently listening to this, you're overweight, you're under-energized, you're passing on these exact habits to your kids. Do you, and, and if you're overweight and you're under-energized under right now, like do you feel confident taking your shirt off at the beach? Do you feel like really good? Do you feel confident in yourself? Do you feel like you're the best version of you? These are the questions you have to ask yourself. And if the answer is like, no, 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 no. And I was like, well, your kids are very likely to fall into the exact same habits you are because you are teaching them how to live. And if your kids want, you want your kids to feel how you are right now, then keep doing what you're doing. If you want your kids to actually feel fantastic about their body, be energized every single day and achieve everything that's, that's possible for them, then actually start living like that. Stop saying to everyone, oh, I die for my kids. Well, fucking start living for your kids. Like mm. that is the biggest thing. Like start living for your kids and actually treat it like that. And if you remind yourself that, <clears throat> instead of saying like, I die for my kids now, I'll live for my kids. Like reframe that. And by living for your kids, you live in the best peak performance version of you so you can show up. Then that's the leverage you need to actually fix your energy management. Because when we have an energy management problem, we normally have an overconsumption of calorie problem as well. Mm. Because, you know, when we feel like shit, we eat like shit, right? There is a circular loop. And then we eat like shit and then we feel like shit. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're like 30 kilos overweight. And you're like, what happened? It's like, well, you felt like shit one day. So you ate like shit. And that was like 10 years ago. And, and you just kept doing it. <laughs> that, that, that was 2012. Yeah, exactly. Welcome. And then somewhere in there was COVID. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> so. You, you um, felt even shittier. And even now shittier, I can't go to right? the gym. You didn't exactly. go to the last you didn't years. go. So it's like, so like there has to be like a hard line in the sand mm. where it's like, I am not willing to feel like this anymore. And, you know, you go, well, I am going to fix my energy because my energy fixes my issue with overconsuming food to try and make myself feel better. Because we eat, when we feel down, we look for comfort-based foods because that's what we do as humans, right? We're like, oh, something make me feel better and more energized. Ah, oh, let's have a fucking Snickers bar, right? Like that's, that's what we reach for. And then in every office place, there's like a pack, a box of like chocolates that you can grab. It's like, well, dude, let's stop it. Like, yeah, it's like fundraiser. In. I'll give him a hundred bucks to take it out of the office so everyone doesn't <laughs> feel like they have energy slumps. So yeah. get it out of here, Julie. Um, so, so with this guys, like the slump will cause you to overeat. You must fix the slump and it will fix your calorie issue as well. The next thing is, um, 
is a gratitude problem with a lot of guys, right? And they'll come to us and they're actually, a, a lot of dudes that come to us, they won't, they're not outwardly saying they're negative. They're like, I'm a negative person. But they see a lot of issues, right? Of why things don't work for them. And normally when we see everything, it's like, this doesn't work for me. This won't work for me. It's like, instead of always looking at everything as an obstacle, uh, everything as a problem, it's like, we need to look at things you know, it's fixed based or fixed versus growth based mindsets, right? We need to, it's like, I can't change because these are my constraints. Well, if I was instead, like if I was having to do something, how would I do it? How would I fit this into my life? Last podcast, last week, 15 minutes a day of working out. Like if you have 15 minutes a day, we can do this. It's like, we need to change our perspective. Like nothing is a problem. Like there's nothing like there's there's like we've talked about this as well in the past, man. It's like there's actual problems in the right. It's like kids with cancer, right? Like it fucking sucks, right? That's an accident, a legitimate problem. Like you feeling tired is not a fucking problem. Like even getting sacked at your, from your job, like it's not a problem. Like yeah, you you might go through a bit of hardship for like a month while you find a new job, right? But you still like we live in you know people in, who are listening to this in Australia. Like you still can get money from the government. <laughs> like, like you're not having to walk like 33 kilometers for water, right? You're still going to have, be able to eat um, on the daily basis. You might have to change what you're eating, right? But the, the quality of problem, we catastrophize because we want our problems. Again, this is a very Australian thing. We, we want our problems to be the biggest problems, right? Mm. <laughs> it's, it was a weird thing. Like so we start to... tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, like, it's I've got weird. the worst. I've got it worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm tired today. Oh, you're tired. Well, I'm tired too. I slept only this much and my kids woke up 17 times and oh, my work was 12 hours a day and then I had to walk. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like, like we don't have to try and one-up someone on the negative, right? Mm. And that's what we do, okay? But that's focusing more we start to look for more negative things in our day so we can one-up people and this is what i'm talking about as far as gratitude and attention where we place our attention grows right so if you're focused on the negative and you're focused on why things can't work we'll see more reasons why it can't work if we're always focused on and this isn't like toxic positivity Right. But like the, if we're focused on things, how it can always work, like, I don't care. I'm going to make this work. If you had that mindset, like, mate, you'd be unstoppable. I don't care. I'm going to find a way. I don't care. I'm going to find a way. It's like, okay, I got to hit my calories. It's like, or, or you're going from um, strategy to strategy without a loss of like motivation, right? You just keep moving, knowing that you will find the way to lose the weight and make it work. And we only can do that if we focus our attention on the positive things. And we can do that through gratitude and having perspective. I think so many of us don't sit down and create gratitude because we're constantly like, go, go, go. One, because we wake up after 17 alarm presses and we're just rushing out to work. And then we sit home and um, medicate ourselves with food and alcohol. And then we watch TV like a zombie and fall asleep um, and press repeat for like 365 days. So instead we need to have like, uh, again, like a reset button. Is this how I want my life to be? Hmm. If the answer is no. Okay. How do I design my life? Like <laughs> fucking design it. Like, like a complete life redesign, right? In a year's time, what do I want it to look like? Okay, fantastic. And who am I? And what is my weight? How much money do I make, right? And who is that fucking person? Okay, 
What's their day look like? What's their week look like? You know, what time do they wake up? What do they work out? What food do they eat? How do they see problems? It's like I told one of my boys last night. I was like, dude, you're giving me obstacles, right? And you're allowing yourself to get down. It's like obstacles make me stronger. Obstacles make us stronger, guys, because all of a sudden you learn how to deal with the obstacle. You overcome it. Now, next time that obstacle comes, it's like, bam, punch it straight down. Like they make us stronger. They're anti-fragile. We aren't fucking fragile. We're dads, right? We're robust. And we're not even robust. Like obstacles make us stronger because we deal with them. We learn from them. And if they come again, we overcome them again. So we become anti-fragile. You cannot break us. Hmm. So if we look at this year person, how do they deal with obstacles? How do they deal with setbacks? How do they wake up in the morning? What's their energy look like? Okay, and it's like, write it out. It's like, and actually spend some time doing this. And if you don't want to do this, guys, you don't actually want to fucking change, right? Like actually design your day and your life. And then don't go, okay, I'm working towards that. No, start living like that now. Assume the behaviors and you'll achieve the identity. Assume the behaviors and you'll achieve the identity. You don't have to wait until you get abs to feel fantastic and have all the energy. It's just like act as if you have all the energy and you have abs right now. And then one day you'll wake up in a year's time and you'll have the energy and you'll have the abs. And at the start, whilst you're trying to do the behaviors that have the abs and the energy, it might be hard, but that's okay because you're trying to change your life because you drew a line in the sand and you said, I have more to give to this world than just moving through Groundhog Day with, what's that, Punks of Tony Phil, right? Groundhog mm-hmm. Day movie. I think it was. Maybe it's before your time, Jace. A little bit um, time. I, know, I, mean, I know the concept of the film. I've never watched it. It's just like every day is the same, yeah. day in, day out. Uh, what do we do this weekend? We get drunk and we have pizza. Okay, fantastic. How do I deal with my issues? I get blind drunk. I never have time. It's like people are like, I don't have time. I don't. It's like when you get, if you can't do it when you do, you, if you can't do it when you don't have time. Do you think there's going to be a time in your life in the future where you're still going to, you're going to be busy again? Yeah, of course. So what, you're going to give up the gym then as well? It's like, no, if you don't have time right now and you find a way to get it done now, when you do have time, it's going to be even easier. The best time to do it is when you don't have time. Because then when you have time, you fit even more in and you feel even better. And if you teach yourself to do it when you don't have time, the periods in your life when you don't have time again to do the training, you'll be able to still do it because you're not going to come up with the same excuses again and again. So great gratitude. Focus on the morning. Focus on the night. Perspective. Your life's not shit. You're just creating poor energy. We talked about that just before. Like give yourself some fucking perspective, right? I think it's so crucial. Um, uh, we want to move on to the next thing. It's like just following random advice on the internet. Uh, you, you... <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. It happens. It happens. Um, look, there's. We're on the internet. One. You're listening to us right now. Yeah, exactly. um, but it's not random. It's intentional. <laughs> it's not random. It's, it's exactly. Random. Yeah, exactly. You're listening. You're only listening to us, aren't you? No, it's, it's <laughs> no. Like, but you're listening to dads. Yeah, and that's the crucial difference, right? Yeah. Exactly. You're listening to dads with the similar constraints that you have giving you advice on how to navigate the best version of you inside your constraints. Not listening to old Johnny boy who's 21 years old with no kids and can train for three hours a day and all his money is spent literally on um, protein buying powders, protein powders and, and low-carb like, meals. Literally. And he doesn't have a mortgage. They don't have any stresses. They have nothing like that. But it's like, you're listening to us 
guys who are just like you trying to fight the good fight to be the best version of them. And that's where it's not following random advice on the internet. It's following intentional advice on the internet, as Jay said. Yeah, it's knowing what you're actually trying to achieve. And then, yes, there's new shiny things and there's nothing wrong with, you know, following people for a couple of meal ideas and, oh yeah, this looks like a really cool way to prep a pizza or do a fucking KFC Zinger burger or whatever, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But when you start looking at things, and I, I mean, I'm guilty of this myself from back in the day, you'd go, I went through carb cycling, carb backloading, intermittent fasting, keto, um, all the different little fads and diets that I never really stuck with long enough to get a result because it was just, what's the next new shiny thing that promises me a result in a easy, catchy way. But at the same time, it also confuses you because it gives you like, oh, but you know, this person said that I've seen enough of them, you know, people saying, well, this person says you don't, shouldn't eat protein. This person says you shouldn't eat vegetables. This person says you shouldn't eat fats. It's like, well, fuck, if you listen to all of them, you just be eating nothing, right? And then people are going to be like, well, fasting's bad for you. Oh, fuck, now what do I do, right? Um, <laughs> drink water. Water's poison. Oh, God. <laughs> you you now, need right? the organic water. You need organic yeah. water. That's exactly. You need my, my, my alkaline water. Put some drops in it. Um, fuck. Not going there, but the the there are so many different angles, and the, you've got to consider. This is why we talk about increasing your nutrition IQ. This is why we focus this podcast so much on education because we want to empower you with the ability to see through bullshit, but also to know. All right, well, yes, intermittent fasting. I saw one thing that said, "Oh, never worry about what you eat again. Just follow this one weird <laughs> trick of meal timing." Um, and I was like, and then basically it was intermittent fasting. Um, it's like with this one weird trick. Then people, are like, oh my god, this is amazing. It's like. No, it's a taking the principle, which is the calorie deficit, and it's applying it in a certain method, which is time-restricted feeding or only eating for a couple of meals a day. So he's like, yeah, if you eat one less meal a day, that's one less chance to fuck up for the average person. Um, but it's not that it's magical. It's just that they also told you, oh, and for the meals you do eat, eat protein and vegetables. And hey, it's a magical. No, it's, you changed what you fucking ate, right? You didn't eat nachos and pizza Dude. for two days in a row. Dude, have you seen that ad coming through Instagram? It's like, what type of fasting is best for you based on your animal type? Are you a oh. wolf? Are you a lion? <laughs> I was like, are you a I bear? A, I literally, I, I, one of them, I think it was a bear. I yeah. was like, oh, click on the bear. Okay, you, you have to do one meal a day. It's like, why am I a bear? And why has that got to do with me? Well, what, what if I identify as a lion? Is that no, three meals a day? You're a bear because I've seen your account on Grindr. You know? <laughs> exactly. It's, um, I won't be big and hairy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, mate, it's like, if you're following random advice on the internet, it's going to give you random advice. shit. Yeah, exactly. Random yeah. animal advice. On, are, like, are, you a, are you a bear, but are you also a Taurus? And those two <laughs> and intersect. It's aligning. It's, it's like the blood typing diet. There's yeah, the, oh. guys. If you, but if you're trying to find a reason why you haven't lost weight in the past, you're 100% fine. Oh, I haven't lost weight because I haven't tried the bear diet or I haven't tried the blood typing diet or I haven't tried the intermittent fasting. It's like, no, dude, you just haven't stuck to a calorie deficit. And that's it. At the end of the day, in a sustainable pattern for a prolonged, consistent period of time. Right? Oh, yeah, I did that deficit thing for four days when I did the man shake. It's like, mm. no, you, you didn't then because it's seven days a week. Okay, 16 weeks. Focus, track. You'll lose weight. We talked about this. You'll yeah. definitely lose. If you've got 20 kilos to lose, you'll definitely lose 10 kilos in the next 16 weeks in a calorie deficit of about 750 calories a day. All right. And that not eating 750 calories yeah. in a deficit of, deficit. Yeah, yeah, in a deficit of 750, right? So based on what your calorie maintenance is, minus 750, you'll lose about 10 kilos in 16 weeks, guys. So it, it is when you're like, oh, is it that simple? It can't be that simple. If it's that simple, then everyone would have abs. It's that simple, but no one wants to do the simple shit for a long period of time. That's it's the same simple, but it's not easy. 
No. And that's the biggest thing. Like growing businesses are simple, but not easy. Losing weight is simple, but not easy. At the end of the day, having a long, long lasting relationship most of the time is simple, but not easy. Um, so everything is simple, but not easy. Not easy as well. It's like, oh, oh, dude, you you change their nappy, you feed them when they cry, you put them to sleep every couple hours. Uh, What's the, what's the, well, it's, yeah, it's simple. Yeah, you put it on paper, it's simple, but yep. put it into practice. They're screaming in your ear and you're trying to burp them and then they shit all over you. It's not easy. Because it's, it's the thing is, it's simple, but then you navigate life in the, like randomness happens, as Jace always yeah. says. It, it, so it's trying to make sure you execute, execute on the simple whilst moving through the randomness of life. And that's yeah. where the consistency actually matters. So yeah. please, yeah. Yeah, like I was just, just going to say- yeah, it is hard, guys. And if you've tried something, you fell off the wagon. It's like, dude, like kudos for trying. But like, I think the biggest rule we always tell my, I tell my guys, I know you tell yours, Jess, we just never miss two days in a row, guys. Like that's our goal. Never miss two days in a row. You know, honestly, today it's, it's a Thursday today. We're filming this. I'm trying to do 10 Ks a day. I'm not going to get done today, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I actually was super tired. I had like this week, I've been getting about four hours sleep a night. And it's not even something that I tell my guys to do. And I just, I said to myself, if I do it, my legs have been consistently heavier and heavier every day. And when you're not even sleeping, like it doesn't work. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to ensure I get a good sleep tonight and I'm going to run 20 kilometers tomorrow. So I, I, I never would miss one day in a row and where I can catch up, I do catch up. Okay. So then I look at my, again, where we talk about calorie deficits earlier in the podcast over the week, I look at my output as far as my running and I'm like, well, let's just, I will do 20 Ks tomorrow. I'll put two hours aside tomorrow and I'll get 20 Ks down on the track. And it means I'll have fresher legs, going to get good sleep tonight. I'll hydrate. Well, I I just, I sometimes when life's busy, it's like, I didn't have my electrolytes during the day the last couple of days either. And my running has been 10 Ks a day and my sleeping has been shorter. So I should have been doing the simple stuff. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, for me, it's like, then it's also not beating yourself up. So, okay, cool. But we don't miss two days in a row. I didn't win today, but that doesn't mean I don't win tomorrow. And then I'll still win six days out of seven and I'll get my total volume in for the week and I'll still win the week. And that's okay. Cause if we win the week, then we win more three weeks out of four, we win the month and it keeps going on guys. So just keep pushing forward and don't follow like the, the random dudes who don't and you can for some inspiration but telling you to do stuff that makes you feel like shit i can't do that so then all of a sudden it's giving you the justifications on why you can't lose weight i can't do this split thing for five days it's like dude you can lose weight 15 minutes a day like you don't have to eat chicken and broccoli you can follow the page and watch jace make lasagnas and fried rices and yeah. all the rest no, of I should, it. I should give you the real, uh, the real view of as I'm making the lasagna, the in-between hearing, hearing my daughter screaming and running around and bathing her while the thing is in the oven. And then it almost, I've, I've legit got a, uh, I did a meal prep of, um, and like egg McMuffin bake. Uh, it's been baked. It's done. It finished in the oven two hours ago. Uh, so after this podcast, I'm going to go film the pudding of it together. My wife has already made one. So hopefully it's, uh, it's good. She can tell me if it's good or not, but that's the, that's the real life. Like you get these guys who are uh, like, they're making content full time. They've got full time recorders, people filming them. Like they've got like all this stuff available to them where they can, Oh, I can get up at five in the morning and make my special batch of protein pancakes in my kitchen. Cause I don't have kids or a partner or anything like that. I can make all the noise that I want. And then, you know, I've got this particular job that lets me do these things. It's like, there are 
there's such an individualness to your plan, your program that anything that you see online that is prescriptive and is strategic is generally going to be too specific for you. It's going to be too, or it's going to be too generic, sorry, for your specific circumstances. You need to tailor and to take, you take the information and then you apply it in your own life and you apply it in the way that you need to apply it, which is what we try to do here is give you the, the applicable shit. It's like how you can make some changes based on your circumstances. I think that's the biggest thing, man. Like with our guys who we coach, right? So everyone has different calories. Everyone folk understands how to hit their calories and their meal plan to hit their calories. Everyone has, you know, are you training at home with body weight to start with? If you need to, that's okay. Are you training with dumbbells? And that's all you have, dumbbells and maybe a bench. Have you got like a home gym set up? What do you have? That's a great program for that. Are you using a commercial gym? Like, are you got a program for that? So it's like, it's not like you don't have to go to a commercial gym and, and like follow a specific plan. It's like, Let's look at the foods you love and find out how we fit some of that into your plan so you actually enjoy the diet so you don't fall off the diet. And let's find how you're training and let's make the training fit your life so we are actually training. And that's how we move forward because momentum is how progress and goals are created. It's not like black and white. There's black, you're moving through the gray, and then you eventually get to the white. So I think like that's what we have to look at, guys. <coughs> But that's the biggest stuff we want to talk about. There was one other question, which is finding time, but we literally talked about that for 60 minutes last week. So, yeah. you know, go back to the podcast last week on how we can change your life in 15 minutes, or you can change your life, or we can change your life in 15 minutes a day. Um, now, guys, if you want a call with us on how to change your life and to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and essentially figure out a roadmap on how to change your life, go to fit-dad.club. Uh, we'll jump on a call with you. We'll create a plan, a blueprint on how you can change your life. And then if you want to do it with us, we can. If you don't, that's fine. But we'll create that blueprint and show you how we're going to do it for your specific circumstances. Um, training, calories, all the whatnots. So go to fit-dad.club. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you want to look at. Leave us a comment. Comments are great. And also on YouTube, like heckle the hell out of me. Go for it. Like, let's go, guys. Um, create a YouTube war. Um, yeah. because comments go, Stop comments us. are great. So do, do whatever you need to do on YouTube. Um, Jace, you got anything you want to say? No, just focus on that. Give us anything. If you have any questions or if the questions today brought up more questions for you, um, ask them, right. And we'll do our best to break them down in a realistic, manageable way for dads. It's, it's not the sexy stuff that gets the answers. I'm not going to get my tits out unless you ask for it. Um, but in saying that, it's the stuff that actually gets results. So if you're sick of the the airy fairy bullshit and the the stuff that doesn't actually work and isn't actually relevant to you, and you need the actual nuanced real shit that comes down to in life, which is yeah, sometimes you just got to suck it up and move a bit more. That's okay. That's what it's going to take to get results. Either you want it or you don't. Then that's what we're here for. So if you want to join the club, then uh, click the link in the uh, description of the podcast or in the description of the YouTube video. Join the free Facebook group, book a call, and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do for you. Cheers, guys. Talk to you next week. Peace out.